life. Are you growing with it or feeling left out? Either way or in between, you're in the right place today with the host of Change Already, Your Future, Your Choice, Jillian. She's an award-winning author and radio personality. She's warm, she's fuzzy, and she's got an attitude. And welcome. Yes, I do have an attitude, and as you have already figured out, the wonderful world of the Internet crashed at the very last minute when we were supposed to go on air today. They assured me here at the BEA Book Expo of America in New York City where I'm broadcasting live, no problem, we'll have it all figured out for you. But as you can tell, it's going to be a shortened version today of my show, but we're back on air and everything's popping. And I mean to tell you, are we popping? As I promised, I'm live at the Book Expo in America, as I just said, and it's crazy out here. So you're going to hear a lot of hustle and bustle and people passing by because there's thousands of people everywhere. And to find a quiet place was a little challenge, but we're all on board. I want to remind you of the shows I did last week. I finished up that series, Preparing Yourself, Mind, Body, and Spirit, for seminars. And it's two separate shows, so make sure that you go back and listen to both of them. Because if you don't listen to both of them, you're going to miss the message of the first and the second are combined together. So make sure you go back to my website at Jillian Moss Backman, J-I-L-L-I-A-N-M-A-A-S-B-A-C-K-M-A-N.com. Well, let's go on to why I'm here and what I'm doing in New York City. First of all, I'm glad to be back. I love this town. I forgot how much I love it. I was with one of my really close dear friends from childhood last night, and we caught up in girl talk and had a glorious night and she showed me part of her spiritual life that intrigued me and I'll probably talk about it in the next couple weeks. But I want to talk about the guest I'm going to have today. His name is Eric Lincoln Miller and he is a publisher and a distributor for Wicker Park Press and 3i Books. The reason I wanted Eric on air today is because he is so passionate about the publishing world. In fact, this is his 31st trip to the BEA, wherever it is, and we want to talk a little bit about the publishing world, what's been happening with that, and actually he's going on his 10th year in publishing itself. So welcome, Eric. Hey, thank you very much for having me. Hey, yeah, thanks. Oh, we had a little bitch or two, didn't we, Eric? <laughs> hey, hey there. Yeah, right. We're here. You can hear me, right? A little, that's right. A little bit of panic mode, but we're we're on board now. You know, as I was, one of the things I love about you, Eric, is when I met you a while back, because Eric is working with my book, Beyond the Pews, and we're here together in his booth, 4488, if you're interested. Anyway... I wanted to talk to you about the first time you came here. You know, I see a lot of first-comers here, and they have that look in their eye. You know that look, Eric, that you probably had the first time you came? Can you tell us a little bit about that little look? Yeah, the first time I I, I came, I was just um, out of college, and uh, I had the idea that I was going to be a book salesman, so it was in Atlanta at the time, and 
I just sort of had a uh, a permanent stomach ache. I kind of wandered around, but then <laughs> actually things just kind of fell together for me, and uh, I just I had all this enthusiasm, and uh, I wanted to come to New York City and sell books, and I was like, hello, I'm Eric Miller, and I can sell your books, and uh, I kind of fell into it by um, by accident at this show um, in 1981. Well, and as we've talked, you know, I love hearing people's stories, and you all know how I love people's stories and how they got where they're at and what they're doing in their lives. And, Eric, you actually come from a family legacy of publishers, correct? Yeah, that's true. My uh, parents have a company called Academy Chicago, Academy Chicago Publishers, and they've been in in, uh, business since uh, 1975. Wow. So, I mean, you grew up in this world. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. (laughs) And did you like it when you were a kid, or did you grow to like it in college, and that's why you decided to carry on the legacy? Well, I was in high school when they started, and I I, I didn't really understand what they they were doing. And I, I spent four years in college, I think the four years, that Carter was president were the four years that I was in college, and I, I kind of got out of um, college and um, realized I needed to do something, and uh, so I just um, started in with the with books and um, marketing books and um, kind of grew, grew, grew to it that way. Well, I want to talk specifically about the Books Expo that we're attending today. Now, you've told me stories about 31 years ago that it was huge and it was bigger than it is, which I find that hard to believe at the moment because it takes up like two huge rooms, Eric. But, you know, are you starting to see the difference in when you first started versus what's going on in the industry today? I know we talk a lot about that. But is the same attendance and the same kind of passion there? Yeah, I, I think the passion is there. You know, the, uh, the the BEA has changed. It used to be called the ABA or the American Booksellers Association, and then it was taken over by Reed Expo, which is a which is an exhibition company, and uh, they added many different kinds of vendors. So you're not just seeing um, you know book vendors. You're seeing you know people selling furniture and they're selling app apps and they're selling different you know different kinds of things. So, but it's still a very synergistic show. You get, you can make all kinds. You can still make all kinds of incredible connections here. So it's a, it's, it's a, it hasn't changed in, in that way. Well, and when I was in the cab ride yesterday, something has been added in the last two years that wasn't even in the beginning. I'm sure when you were started in publishing, and it's this whole blog world. I mean, half the people I'm meeting now as we pass by our booth is that. We are um, seeing a lot of this blog stuff, you know. How is all that working together in the publishing world, or do you even know? Well, no, I, I, I think it's uh, they have this um, show called Blog World, and they're trying to kind of organize it with um, in conjunction with the BEA. So a lot of these uh, bloggers are, are book reviewers. They're trying to get their names out. Some of them are more successful than others. And it's all about networking, about what you can um, you can accomplish with with a blog. It's very democratic. It wasn't like that back in 1981 when I started. And uh, now the media, this kind of blog radio that we're talking about, and the different stuff, and even um, even Twitter. Twitter seems to have become a factor in this show. People are getting closer, and the world is getting smaller. 
Well, and it looks like it's here to stay, don't you think, Eric? I mean, it doesn't look like this is a, a passing fad anymore. I mean, when probably last year when they had it, you know, it looks like it's tripled in numbers and taking quite a big space. I think it's going to be an addendum to the publishing world uh, from now on. No, I think you're right. I think it's um, I, I, I think it's something that you have to adapt to. I, I also think that because books are are such a, a special um, a special thing, they're almost like ancillary to that. It's a way for you to promote your books. You can use this new technology, these new applications, to really um, you know get get your message across. And it seems like smaller companies, it sort of levels the playing field, and it allows smaller publishers or more, um, you know, even like startups or entrepreneurs or just, you know, single company, um, single people to do the uh, to do the business in the same level and playing, playing field with like Random House or Simon Schuster. So it's really exciting, actually. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, and from an author point of view, I think that if you are missing that part of the experience for, you know, getting your book out in the world of the publishing and, you know, book buyers, you're really missing opportunities because a lot of it is just time and effort, not so much money. But what I want to go on to, Eric, while we have this time length left, is I want to talk to you about your optimism, I mean, in the publishing world. One of the things that has struck me the most is that you hear a lot of people talking about this world of publishing and books in general, that it has changed, it's never going to go back to the way it was, and that, you know, there's really no opportunity for debut books like myself or authors, and I don't want people to come away with the idea that they shouldn't keep writing and that there's optimism. You seem to have a good handle on what's going on and where we're going into the future with publishing. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. I just think that um, that um, publishing, um, in the same way um, writing is, is a form of self-expression. And um, you decide to publish what it is that you want to publish. And then, of course, you've got writers, and writers are writing. With, they're never going to stop writing. Even with all this new technology, you look at the bloggers. The bloggers are writing. Um, you know, people are, are still writing books. They're writing poetry. They're writing all kinds of stuff. So so for me, what I, what I see is, is there's a lot of buzzwords about electronic books and, and different kinds of applications and all, all, all kinds of stuff that's going on with the, with the Internet, but you still have to write the content. There's still rich content out there, and I believe that there's still a place for books in the world, and I, I, I see the um, electronic media as being a, a way to promote it and to get, other, to get a larger audience out there. For books, because I, I still believe that um, I still believe that the um, the market for books is there as long as there's readers, as long as there's readers, and I think there always will be readers. So I'm, I, I think it's um, it's just a it's 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 a uh, challenge, but the challenge represents an opportunity. So um, that's why we come to these shows so we can learn about what's new, we can talk about it, and we can continue the conversation. One of the things that I think that you have a handle on and a giddy up 
before the rest of us, this new trend that I've been watching, and I include my own book in this, Beyond the Pew, is that this boutique publishing idea of smaller independent bookstores and book publishers really starting to take the forefront and I'm and I include do you include Wicker Park Press in that and three eye books as well? You know, I do. I, I, I really believe that there's there there's opportunities to um to, 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 to grow the business with with these kinds of people because like I see Wicker Park Press as a boutique publisher the same way Lake Street Press, the publisher of Beyond the Pews, is a um a boutique publisher, they they've got this um they've got the, the product that they believe in and that they're passionate about. And the same thing with Look Apart Press. So what I do with three I books is three I books is a way for um uh, to turn people into a kind of Lake Street Press or a Wicker Park Press that they can do it, that they've got a book inside them. You can find their inner author and then you can help their inner author come out and develop a book and, and that's what I love to do. I can give you an example of it if you want. Would you like sure, to I'd love it. Tell yeah, yeah. yeah I have, for instance, I have a friend, his name is Tom Hanley, and years ago in like 1989 he had a cafe called Urbis Orbis, and he had developed this cookbook, which was a, he was a vegetarian, and he had these amazing, um, amazing recipes. And the, and the book was already there, and he was trying to figure out what it was that he wanted to do, and it was set in Wicker Park, and it was this like um, the hippest place in the country, and there all these people were there, there was all this stuff going on, and I said, I said, let's take the book and let's let's make it a book and let's let's create this 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 um, this cookbook. It's the Urbis Orbis cookbook, which we're going to probably we're going to be publishing that next season. And uh, so it's a it's a vegetarian book, but it's also about Chicago in the 80s and in the early 90s. It's a, you know, and it's it, so there so that's the kind of um, that's the kind of project that I like to do with Three Eye Books. Three Eye Books is a catalyst to. Um, to, to bring literature because I, I, I feel like literature is everywhere. Literature is in your backyard. Yeah. I guess you're so right. Literature is in your backyard. You, you kind of threw you know, me off there. Sorry. No, go ahead. I mean, you just threw me off there because that's so profound and so spot on, which leads me to the next question. I think authors get a little caught up, Eric, to be honest with you, with their ego and they go for the really heavy hitters of the publishing world, and then they overlook these smaller independent ones or smaller places that might have a better fit. One of the things that I know about you, and, and I've talked about this on air before, is that the book has been inside of me for a very long time, but I had to wait until I found the right people to put together and the publisher came along, and then the distributor, which is Wicker Park Press, and you represent. We've always talked about intuition, and for me, I think intuition is one of the greatest gifts that you have because I've watched you work along the way with us. Do you know when you're working with an author or a book do you do you use that sense as a as a publisher and a distributor to take on books that you just have this gut feeling about? Yeah, I do. I, I um I put the I put the list together in an almost kind of like a really old fashioned way. I was like using catalogs and I would I would I would see how I wanted to 
I would I would cultivate my thoughts, okay, about what I would see the list of books being, okay, whether it would be the Urbis Orbis cookbook or Beyond the Pews or whatever it was going to be, and then I would see how it would tie in with my vision, okay, and and so yes, in a sense, in a sense, I I I, I do do that, and I um kind of put I kind of put the books together in that way. So can you rephrase the question for a second? I'm just I'm just trying to. I, I see if I can answer it really directly. Rephrase it real quick. Say it again. Well, sure. I mean, you have that same kind of look, and I don't see it very often. And it's a look that you get on your face and the essence of who you are that you can tell. You know that little jolt of energy that you people get when they pick up a book or they start reading a book or they meet another human being it's that reverberation inside yourself, and I think that you as a publisher and a distributor have that, and it's unexplainable to people, but I don't think authors understand if you don't have that kind of visceral response to a book, they got to go back and they got to redo it all, or they got to cut no, pieces out. That's true. In other words, like you might have... You might get a um, a contract with a major publisher, and you're going to be continuing to sell your book. But then they're like focused on what's new, and they're you know you really if you're going to do a book, you really need to give it like a three to four year commitment where you're really going to go out there and sell it and be participating in it. And if you if you if you don't do that, and you let's say you go with a major publisher, the publisher isn't necessarily going to give you the same kind of attention that a smaller publisher is going to do and it's um it, it it's it's up to you to have that commitment because you wrote the book and um you know you want to see it you want to see it come out so i i feel like i work with i work with authors that um really want i i, I want to make sure and be intuitive about it that they really are going to promote their books that it's going to it's it, that it's going to happen because i've seen it happen before where you produce the book and they really haven't done what they need to do it's 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 a um publishing is is the ultimate cooperative kind of thing you can't do everything you know somebody has to write the book there's printing there's publicity there's marketing there's sales there's all these things distribution there's all this stuff so for me it just seems like the um the smaller publisher it's it's a cottage industry the smaller publisher has the same problems that the bigger publisher does selling the books but then that way you have an advantage. If you have a smaller publisher, you're going to have that relationship. The relationship is the thing that might be missing if you go with a larger publisher. See? Now that makes sense. So let me ask Eric, do I get brownie points because I'm here at the DEA in New York City? <laughs> yeah, I, I think you do. Yes, you do. And the fact that you're doing do the show and that you're trying. You know, I mean, like I'm saying, you you definitely do and you're definitely wanting, you're going to be going to Denver to the um, – the INATS, which is the International New Age Trade Show, and I think you're going to be in your element there, and that's something that, that of course, you do because because you, you, your publisher, which is Lake Street Press, has decided that you know she's you know um, Mary Osborne, the publisher, she's going to put her um, you know um, stamp on the book. It's her book, and for me, she's my power partner. She's my power partner in the sense that I am working with her to to market and sell the book. And then with you, 
by extension, you're my power partner too because you are here at the BEA and you're giving it your all. So, um, yeah, you definitely do get brownie points for real. All right. Well, thank thank you very much. I'll oh, take And I think that's part of it, Eric. I think authors and people that want to be published or have written books that they think the easy, the hard part is getting the book written. The easy part becomes once they publish it. And I have to say, you know, I'm new to this area because I'm my my background is in wellness and it's in radio. So being popping over to the publishing side of things, I'm learning this whole new world and having a ball at it. But what I'm finding out is, and correct me if I'm not right about this, is that it everybody concentrates on the publisher. But I've noticed and paid attention, it's the distributors like yourself that are the gatekeepers. It reminds me of when you go to a CEO or you want to talk to someone important in a company. Who do you have to get through? Well, you have to get through the executive secretary at the front desk in order to get to the CEO of the company. In publishing, it seems like the distributor is as important or more important because they're the gatekeepers, because they're the ones that have the relationship with the bookstores and the outlets on the other end. Is that true? No, I, 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 I believe it is. It's really, it, 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 it's, it's really very important. And uh, I think sometimes people, when they might want to go with a larger publisher because all that stuff is kind of taken care of, but I think that there's more opportunities for people, for instance, if they want to publish their book, um, you know, they can do that, go with a distributor of, say, like 3i Books, which is, um, which is a subsidiary of Wicker Park Press, and they can, um, they, you know, they can, they can go, they can set up their own seminars, they can do it, depending on what the book is, and depending on what their passion is, they can, um, they can, they can leverage their experience a lot more if they have a relationship with the distributor, if they really understand what it is going into it, they can get their book out there, and they can, um, if it's a big success, they they won't be damaged by that. In other words, they can they can build on that. So I believe that distribution is a really important, um, crucial part of the publishing process, and people don't always appreciate it. So I think you're right. I think it's um, I think it's really something that um, that needs to be looked at. Seriously, how are you yeah, get your book you out know, there? You know what, Eric? I think you guys are in the underground world. In other words, you guys are the hard ones to find. They're, the distributors are the ones that kind of keep that low-key behind profile that you won't go out and find unless you really take a concerted effort to do that. And I don't even know the questions you would ask to find out if a distributor is any good. I mean, do you go to a bookstore and ask for the distributor name? How in the world does somebody even find a guy like you? Well, you know, it's it, it, it's all about, it's all about networking, and it's about who you know, and about what you can do, and getting out there, and um, and really meeting people, and in developing relationships. Because, for instance, um, I went to a writers' convention, uh, Associated Writing Programs, and I was there with my books, and people would come up to me and say, "You should publish my book. It's really good." But the thing is that I didn't really know the people. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, right, why, exactly. you know, even if it was. Even it was great, so you've really got to, you, you know, if you want to find a distributor, you've got to, you've got to 
work on developing the relationship with people and um and, and then and then continue to build on that that's that's what I believe you can do so we have the last half of the show now that we've got things going and we're cooking here. I really want to talk about two things that you and I have discussed over and over. I want to talk about the fate of publishing, moving forward, and where you really think all this is going. And then the second part, and this is where I want to start right now, is I want to talk about this ebook business because everybody has an ebook. Everybody has, you know, a vision of being a writer, and I don't want to discourage that, Eric. I really don't because you know, you never know where the next great manuscript is going to come from. But this ebook business is a very treacherous business because there are some not so good services out there and then there's excellent services out there. From a publisher and a distributor's point of view, I want to know how you feel about ebooks first and then we'll talk about that second point after you're done with that. Well, I think ebooks. I mean, from a from a publisher's perspective and from a distributor's perspective, ebooks are really a gift because you can um, because it it saves so much money because all you have to do is it's sort of instantaneous. So somebody buys an ebook, you email them the PDF, and you get paid. You know, and that that really does kind of help with the overhead. But beyond that, um, I believe that ebooks are kind of like the ultimate form of advertising. Because the thing is that the thing is that um, people want to get the book. They can read it on their mobile device or their Nook or their you know Kindle or whatever whatever it is that you need. But I think it's a way for you to um, a way for you to advertise and promote actual books. And um, I, I don't see in the near future actual books being replaced by electronic. Um, Media, I just don't, I don't see it happening in like, at least in in in, in my lifetime. And I believe that I think I believe the ebooks are a marvelous opportunity. Whether, you know, who you use or what you do, again, you have goes back to developing the relationship with somebody that's going to do your ebooks. You know, you can't just go on the yellow pages or go online pages <laughs> and find you know find find an ebook person. I mean, three different people came up to me and says. You know, we do ebooks. You know, we're cheaper than this person. We're cheaper than that person. You've got to really, you got to really do your homework. But I, I think there's one other thing I want to talk about with ebooks. This is what I really believe. I think that this is the big buzz at this show. It was a buzz at the show the last couple of years. But I think that the ebooks should probably be controlled by the authors. I think authors should control their ebook rights. And I think that publishers are kind of seeing this as like, oh, this is the future. This is the way we're going to get. Through it, but I believe that I believe that authors should call the shots with that. And if, if, if publishers are really going to do the books, um, they should stick with that. If they, you know, I, I just I really think that ebooks are a form of promotion um, to, to you know for regular books. I think they're coming up. Yeah, I think they're coming up co- coming up a lot. But I just believe that um, it's a way for I think it's a way for authors to get some secondary income. So that's the way I look at ebooks. Very practical, you know. I think it's a great thing. Well, you really do. So you think publishers should have more of a hands-off deal on that? Are you talking well, about I, I ebooks and self-publishing? What are you talking about? I'm, I'm what I'm talking about. What, what I'm talking about is 
what I'm talking about is is like with the contracts and with the different stuff. Yeah. I just believe that I believe that ebooks should be. I, th- I think the authors should call the shots on that if they wanna if if, if they wanna give it to another company to do it. What I'm saying to you is is that is that I see ebooks as a form of advertising. Number one, okay, to advertise the book, to send it out there, to create the buzz. You can get the ebook, you can download it, okay. But what I'm saying to you too is is that is that it's probably you know better for the for the author themselves to control those rights if they can. It's sort of up to the different kinds of situations. I think that I think ebooks. I'm just getting into it a little bit. It's something that I've I've started, but I see it as I see it as a way to promote the book. So if the author controls ebook rights, but then does really well with the ebook, then I think the publisher is going to benefit because they're just going to sell more books. I mean, you know, physical books. So. I, I'm just saying that I, I, I think that ebooks are a really good thing, but they haven't they haven't been the bonanza that um, I think people have been anticipating. I mean, I think it's going to come up more and more, but it's I think it's still going to be something that's ancillary. Is that a trend with the other publishers? I mean, are they saying the same thing? I mean, at the show here, is that the buzz that you're getting, or is this just something that you have figured out on your own? Because you're always right. so intuitive, right? We know that already. Or are you intuitively getting that, or are you, like, is that a part of the process that's going on around you that people are saying about these books? Well, that's what I, I'm saying. People are really kind of in uproar or hysteria about ebooks. And that's all they kind of want to talk about. And then, then they say that there's there's certain rules, like you have to do it. You know, you have to do your ebooks. You have to price them a certain way. You have to do it a certain way. And this is the way it's going. And I just see it almost like the wild, wild west. It's like you know, the ebooks is <laughs> yeah. like a, it's like a new territory. You can you know, if if you do it right, you do it right. So that's just my perspective on it. Um, I don't I don't think it's necessarily something that um, is. Um, I'm not saying it's controversial. I, I think it's just I, I think that's just the way I view it. But I, I, I think there's some people that don't that don't like ebooks, but I think um ebooks are a really great form of um promoting books, almost the way the bestseller list created book you know, interest in books in its own way. It's like another form of that. So uh it I guess I guess I guess that's what I came across through you know, through my, you know, working in the book world for so many years. I, 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 I see it as something necessary, as something that really really has to happen, but I, I'll, I'll admit to you that I'm just getting into it now. Well, that's going to make a lot of authors happy, Eric, because it's yeah. like if they have the control and they have the opportunity, then ebooks are going pretty good. Now, let me ask you one more question. I have a yeah. lot of author friends that are doing the self-publishing aspect of things. You know, they're taking their own money, they're taking their own destiny, and they're publishing their own work. Now, your booth is sitting right in what's called Writer's Row. And there's a lot of books around that are self-published that are looking for uh, agents, for publishing companies to pick them up on the second run. How do you feel about that, and what place does that play in the in the publishing universe, let's say? Well, I would say that, again, it depends on, obviously, the book, um, 
you have to read the book and you have to, you know, establish the idea in your head that this is something that fits or that, you know, that you can, that you can market. It depends also on, again, developing the relationship with the person to see if it's somebody that, you know, that you, that you want to work with and that the things are very defined, like what they're going to do as opposed to what you're going to do. I mean, for instance, I... Um, did an agreement with somebody that I had met at that writer's convention that I was telling you about, the AWP, and um, I told him that I would, you know, promote his book and that I would, you know, sell it. And then he just said, well, here, you know, you can act as the publicist as well. And I think that you really have to have a clear definition of what it is and the expectations have to be very clearly defined because you do have a lot of people that are just getting into it and they just, they're not exactly sure you know, what they need to do. So it just need you know, so the the agreement needs to be clearly defined and the goals of what's going to happen need to be set out. So there has to be almost like kind of like a business plan, you know, written up for each book. Every book has a separate business plan. That's why this business is really quirky. Yeah. And I think, you know, authors and people that are in this industry, you have to have that entrepreneur spirit. You can't right. just do the book or do your project or music or for that matter anything else, you got to get out there and pound the pavement just like everybody else and you, like you said, have to have a business plan. Now, my book is in your booth and it's also in the nonprofit independent book uh, booth here as well. What is that independent book publisher's uh, profit nonprofit organization about. It's uh, the in, the Independent Book Publishers Association. They're located in Manhattan Beach, California. They have the Benjamin okay. Franklin Award, and it's an associ- it's a basically a trade association of independent publishers, and they offer advice and services, um, you know, and ways to promote for independent publishers. It's a really good organization. I mean, they're really very. Um, they're really very good. They have a lot of expertise. They publish a magazine called The Independent, and they give you lots of different um, stories about how people publish books and were successful with them. So it's a um, it's a good resource. They're here. They're yeah, here and the they're smacked right in the middle of all the other big names that you know. So the independent book industry seems to be thriving fairly well. Yeah, I know it is. And, I, I, like, I like again, like I said, I think that if you create demand for a book, I think people, if they really want it, they're, they're going to buy it. I don't think things have necessarily changed. It's just there's different tools, and how you apply the tools is the trick to it. You know, to, to your, you need to apply the tools to your best advantage. Well, it certainly looks from where I'm sitting and watching as the people go by, Eric, there's a lot of buzz on this floor. It doesn't really look like it's a non-thriving business, I'll tell you that. I mean, there are hundreds of booths here from all different independent publishers, small boutique publishers to the large publishers, and it looks like the industry is doing just fine from the outside looking in, and I hope that people don't give up on reading plain old paperback books. I don't think they will. I mean, I think that um, I think that as long as there's ideas and as long as there's people writing um, 
books. I think that they're, you know, I mean, it's so large and so vast. People have a passion for what they're writing about and what they're doing, like your book, Beyond the Pews, is a perfect example. You're passionate about it. You want to promote it. And um, I just see that happening all, all the time. So, you know, 31 years later, I'm here at the BEA, and I've got, you know, Wicker Park Press as my own booth. To me, I kind of, I, to, to me, I, I feel like I've worked towards that for for so long, and so now it's um, it's, it's very exciting to be working with people like yourself and all the people and the different authors that I have. I'm very excited about that. So I'm, I, I think there's hope, and there's, um, it's, um, it's, it's a, um, a thriving business. Well, and you have the passion, like I talked about earlier. So let me ask you specifically. I know you're going to get a ton of inquiries from authors and people that have works that they'd like to get published. And to be honest with you, Eric, you're a great resource because, A, you're approachable, and, B, you always take the time out, no matter what you're doing, to be present with people. And I think that is one of the greatest gifts that you give to this industry so I guess the question I, I'm asking is, what are you doing in the next 12 months? Are you all booked up for manuscripts, or are you looking for anything? And I'm not asking people to solicit out there. I'm telling you, I think he's kind of locked up with what he's got going on. So do you have books on the horizon? And a couple that you already have, other than mine, thank you very much, that you are really into right now. Yeah, I've got a book called um, Poe's Lighthouse. It's uh, edited by a phone and Christopher Conlon, and it's a it's a short story that Edgar Allan Poe wrote. Uh, it didn't really have a title. It's called The Lighthouse, and um, it's it's a journal that goes from January 4, 1792, to uh, I think January 7th, and then 22 contemporary writers finish the, the the story. So it's a real reader's book, and it's just come out. It's actually published today. Today's the publication date of it, and so it's. Um, it's out. It's at my booth. I have readers' copies available for people, and I'm getting a lot of buzz, a lot of bloggers, a lot of people are very, very interested in, in, in that book. Along the same lines, I'm um, doing a, 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 a Puerto Rican-Cuban cookbook called Food with Attitude. Wow. Cooking the, cooking the Cuban-Rican way. And it's just a, it's a great book. The, um, he's a Chicago chef. His name's Papi Perez. He'll be here tomorrow and he's promoting his book so I've got that I've got a uh, another book that is coming out called Uncanny Valley waxwork photos of Alatria Lalios and she's uh, she's gone all over the world and taken pictures of um of famous people in wax effigy and it's a very very hair-raising book all about representation and how we look at things so those are the books that that that, that I've got on the horizon and I'm really really excited about them. I think they're groundbreaking. I think that they're, um, you know, um, just, I mean, I'm not objective, but but I'm, I, I, I am um, getting into it because I'm passionate about it. I was looking through your business, and I've, we've done a couple shows together now, and I'm always surprised by your eclectic book titles that you have. I try to figure out a theme, Eric, but it's like it really does represent your personality in that whatever calls to you intuitively and whatever feels right 
for the publication is what you do. And you also have Nona's Book of Mysteries by Lake Street Press as well. And the pro book looks really interesting. But I was trying to figure out a theme, and it doesn't seem you have a theme. You just kind of go with what Spirit calls you to go with, right? It looks that way, at least from the outside. The motto for Wicked Press would be publishers of thought-provoking books. And I know that sounds very general, but if it, you know, it, it, you know, it, it, I don't do any book that isn't a quality book. And it's actually gotten me in trouble, Jillian, where I, where I was, like, for instance, <laughs> I refuse to do the book, and I've gotten in trouble. I mean, because I just won't do it if, it, if I don't feel absolutely certain that not only is it thought-provoking, but it's the highest quality. Because I talk about this book, or I'll talk about this, that book, and I'll say, hey, just wait a minute. We don't do bad books, you know what I mean? Or somebody's like, you're going to do this book, and it's not going to be any good. And it's like, if I, if, if, if this book's not going to be doing any good, I'm just not going to do it, you know? And it's like, they're like, well, what do you mean you're not going to do it? I said, well, that's because I care about the book, and I want to make sure that it's the best book that it could be. But sometimes that takes a lot of time, and people are very, very impatient. A book is not like a, um, a other product that way, you know what I mean? It's not like a... TV show or something like that. It's something that there's a lot of a lot of thought has to go behind it, and so that's it. Publishers of thought-provoking books. Ten years. Ten years in April. Ten years. Yeah. That's a pretty big monument, and I think if you're going to be in this kind of industry, it's you know any of the arts, you got to have a thick skin, Eric. I mean, if you can't take rejection then you're going to get eaten up alive. I mean, I've been, we've all been through it, and I've been through it, and it makes you stronger, and it even more, you know, as a service to the author, you, from your point of view, if you don't take on the book, because you know it's not going to be successful to a level that is profitable, I suppose. Right. No, it makes sense. Like, I want to, have my policy with 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 books. It's always been this. It's been an innate an, an innate policy has been that I want somebody to look at the cover of their book and get a warm feeling. I want them to be excited about it because if they do that, then they're going to be, you know, they're going to be that much more motivated to go out and sell it. You see, so I've always taken a lot of care with that. And um, it's but like, like I said, if it isn't ready to go, I just I just don't pull the trigger on it because I really feel like it has to be exactly right before it can go. Like, for instance, the food with attitude, you know, this is something that's been like two and a half years in the making. Now I feel like it's really, really there. I could have done it earlier, but I just didn't want to make, I wanted to make absolutely certain that it was going to be the best book that it could possibly be. And, that, you know, and we've drummed up a lot of interest for that particular book. Well, I think with boutique publishers, that is the challenge, Eric. Every book has to be strategic. You know, with the larger publishers, they have an advantage with, of course, let's get down to the bottom line, a bigger budget. And so they can have a full range of mediocre books, good books, and then books that pop it out of the park. But when you're talking about a boutique press or a smaller publisher like that, you've got those honest business challenges. So it is a a kind of a catch-22 when you find something that's somewhat good, but it's not something that's going to take it over the top. I suppose from your perspective, 
you got to be very selective. Yeah, you never, you know, you never know. Like I, I, I have a, yeah, um, right. a person that you just don't, you, you don't know what's gonna, what's gonna hit. And, you know, you've got these different books, and your expectation is like, this is gonna be the big book. This is gonna be the big book, and then it's not the big book. It's the one that you forgot about. All of a sudden, that one hit. So it's actually kind of an adventure, and it makes it kind of fun. You know, you never know. You know. What, what it is, but you have to have the commitment. The author has to have the commitment, and the publisher has to have the commitment. And the distributor, in a sense, does. The distributor just makes sure that, you know, everything kind of goes smoothly and that, you know, if there is big demand for it, it's not going to put you out of business. You know what I mean? In other words, like, you know, if, it's, if all of a sudden it sells a million copies, that you're not running to the post office and spending the rest of your life, you know, doing that stuff, that you've got a, a, a system that you can rely on. And that's something that I've really worked on. I mean, because I really used to say that distribution was kind of a dirty business, that somebody had to do it. Well, right now, I just, I, I really work, I'm trying to work with authors like yourself and publishers like Lake Street or um, my friend um, Ice Cube Press. He's here. He's got his books with me. I try to work with people that are the, 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 that are passionate about the books, that can bring quality to the table, and that just, in the end, makes it just so much better, you know, product and so much better book and creates a critical mass so that, you know, that you can continue to do this business because it's a, it's a quirky business, but it's a great one. You know, we're winding down, but I want to tell everybody, if you're in the New York area, Eric and I will be handing out books tomorrow. I'll be doing my author session from 10.30 to 11.30 at the BEA convention here at the Javits Center um, in New York City. And... Eric's going to be handing the books out, and I would love for you to come down, give you a copy, and see what you think. Meet Eric. And, Eric, could you give us your website information so people can find you after this? I'm sending them your way, Eric. (laughs) Yeah, our website is www.wickerpark-3ibooks.com. That's www.wickerpark-the number three, the letter I for India, books.com. Wickerpark-3ibooks.com. That's a good way to get a hold of me. My my email is Eric E R I C at 3ibooks.com. So that would be Eric at the number three, the letter I books.com. So feel free to email me, um, and um, I look forward to hearing from some of your listeners. Well, I want to thank all of you for hanging in there, and you too, Eric. I know it will have a real little rocky start from the beginning, but once we got going and got online, everything was awesome. So thank you a lot, and I'll be back at my regular time next week on Thursday, high noon central time and 1 o'clock eastern time here in New York City. Remember, I'm at JillianMossBackman.com, and you can listen to any of the the podcasts that you've had and listen back to Eric's interview today. So we'll see you next week. High noon. Thank you. Thanks for joining Jillian today. Don't miss her famous at-home personal enrichment lessons. You can complete them on your own time to accelerate your personal change. They're simple and nothing like you've experienced before. Just like Jillian, warm and fuzzy with an attitude. So change already.